0: Well, it is good to see you today and, and so excited to be going on this journey together as we talk about, you know, and, and the setup that I've had every week as we talked about this series is that we're waiting, a lot of us waiting around for God to do something. And my challenge is to remember that God's already doing something and he's already done something by sending Christ into our lives. But, but today we're going to look at a really, really, just a great passage of scripture In the book of Mark, as we're going through that New Testament book today, we're going to be in chapter 4. But before we jump into that, I just want you to look at this other passage of Scripture. Maybe it's one that you've heard before, but it's Philippians chapter 4. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. And then... You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Other translations say, don't be anxious about anything. Don't fret about anything. That's a hard thing to do. Uh, we're pretty much professional fretters <laughs> we're we are professionals when it comes to being anxious and worrying how many of us wish that we could that i could live that way you know to, to be kind of carefree or maybe not even carefree but just worry free i'd settle for worry free you know just to not have to worry about that that weight hanging around me all the time of what what's up around the bend what's going to come next you ever think about you ever think about that there are things in God's word where God says, don't do this. I don't want you to do the Like, we're, you know, we're familiar with the Ten Commandments, you know, okay, you know, you know don't murder, you know, don't, don't do this, don't do that, you know, honor your father and mother, right? Those are, those are commands, right? But you ever think about what are the commands in Scripture, all through Scripture, where God says, I don't want you to do this. And here's one of them. This is a, a command from God. It's not just like, a, hey, this is a nice little thought. Or maybe if you want to, you know, have a, a, a nicer life, maybe it's a suggestion. This is a command in Scripture from the Lord saying, do not worry about anything. And some of us say, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a worrier. You know, I, I, don't, I don't worry. I'm just being responsible. That's the word that we use as a replacement. I, I'm a planner. I plan, and so I'm, I'm trying to be informed. But the truth is, you are, you are worried, you are afraid of what could happen. You say, well, I'm not a worrier, except for when it comes to my kids. But well, when it comes to my kids, you know, or when it comes to my health. But, but I'm, not a, I'm not an anxious person, except for the fact that I'm 30 and I'm single, and, and I don't know why I haven't met anybody yet, you know, but, but I don't worry. Or, you know, I, I know I'm not supposed to worry, but I do worry about our country. I think that's just the, the responsible thing to do. You know, I I worry about, uh, you know, the economy or who's in the White House. It doesn't matter every four years. Half of us are worried about it. The other half are feeling good. And then it flip-flops and we're just worried with the world all around me. But this is a clear command from God. Do not worry about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, you can be concerned, you know, like if you're concerned about your health. If you say, you know, I'd like to be around to see my grandkids you know, grow up. I'd like, to, I'd like to, you know, so maybe that, that leads you to, to get to a place where you say, I'm going to take my health a little more seriously. I'm going I'm to, you know, make sure that I'm, I'm healthy. Or if you're concerned, you say, you know, I'm kind of concerned about this. We don't have any reserves. You know, we haven't thought about what retirement might look like. I don't have any money in savings. And I know my car is like on its last leg and so maybe that would lead to some action. So, you know what? I think I'm gonna try to save a little bit of money. That, that'd be a good thing, I think. Uh, you know, but, but that's different than being worried. It's a whole lot different. It's, it's different than this pervasive feeling of dread of what's what's up around the corner? What, what's coming next? And the interesting thing about that passage of scripture is it's not just a total focus of, hey, don't worry. As much as it is, allow that fear, and allow that anxiety to drive you to better spiritual habits. This is what it's, the Bible says don't worry about anything. What, what are we supposed to do then? It says instead, instead, pray about everything. That's the pivot. Don't worry about anything, but, but pray about everything and tell God what you need and then thank Him for what He's done. And then when you do that, when we can get our lives to that place, says so then you will experience God's peace. A peace that passes understanding, exceeds anything we could understand. That, that is when it moves from, I'm nervous, what should I do? I take it to God. I go to the Lord with that. It's, it's moving from I'm paranoid about what I hear on the news. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just shaking, and I, and I don't know what to do. I just can't watching. To you know, I, I know who's in charge here. I'm going to go talk to him. He's got the ability. He's got the power to, to do something. See, worry, worry is doubting the care of God, and it's a, refu- a refusal to trust. You know, it's like I can do more by worrying than God could do. You know, so if I sit here and rock back and forth in the corner, that as if that was doing anything to begin with. But that we we believe that we believe that if I'm worried about it, then that, that that's good. That means that you know maybe something will happen. But it's it's really doubting that God even cares. Where fear is an emotional response to danger. That's that's natural and normal. You know, if you feel threatened, it's it's normal to to fear. You know, a little bit to at least have those feelings. Worry though, it, it stews about a crisis that might happen. So worry says, what if I get cancer? Where fear is a response. Fear is, I have cancer. Now what? And since we're going through the book of Mark and we're looking at some of these great moments, where we see that the life and the ministry of Jesus. We want to look at this really, really good one in Mark chapter 4. Jesus has been doing a lot of teaching. He's been teaching all day long, you know, it gets to the end of the day, the sun has is setting and they're wiped. He and the disciples are tired, he's ready to hang it up, it's time to get some rest and it says in verse 35 of Mark 4 it says as evening came Jesus said to his disciples, "Hey guys, let's cross to the other side of the lake." Why does he want to do that? You know, maybe he wants to get away from the crowds, maybe there was some other reason. Uh, I, I think there was a, a purpose that we'll get to in a little bit, but I think that's a, an interesting little side note that it says that they left the crowds, but there were some other boats that followed in other words, in the way that I, I take this is there were there were uh, other people affected by what was getting ready to happen in the next verse in verse thirty seven it says but soon there was this there was this Fierce storm that came up, there were high waves that were breaking the, into the boat and began to fill up with water. And at that moment, they're, they're out on the Sea of Galilee, which I, I used to picture as a pretty small body of water. But actually, the Sea of Galilee was about 13 miles across. So it's a pretty good-sized body of water. And, uh, and, it's, it's, uh, and you study a little bit deeper, you, you, you realize that the Sea of Galilee was about 700 feet beneath sea level. And it's surrounded by all these mountains. So This is this really unique place. It's, it's below sea level, and there's these mountains all around surrounding it. So people who live there would go out and often would say, it's, it's not uncommon for a storm to come out of nowhere, because there could be storm there's some major storm brewing just on the other side of these mountains that you can't see until it's right up on you. And then it's too late, because if you're out in the middle of the, you're out in the, middle of the ocean, you know, what are you going to do? You, you didn't see it coming. Of course, they didn't have radar and those sort of things. But in verse 38, uh, th- th- this is what happens. So Jesus is in the boat with the disciples. He says, let's go to the other side. So they're out in the middle of this sea, when all of a sudden this, there's this nasty situation, a storm that rolls in. And the disciples, were some of them were experienced fishermen. And so they were well. They were used to storms. It was just a normal part of their life. But this was a doozy. To the point that this, they knew this was something that had the potential to kill them. And verse 38 says that Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to drown? This is, a, this is an interesting thing that's going on. You just imagine... Just imagine this is you. You're one of the disciples, and you're tired. You know, it's been a long day. You've worked all day, and you know sometimes when you work with people, you know that can be a whole different kind of tired. It's one thing to work with your hands, but when you're trying to meet the needs of people, it just can drain you, not only physically but emotionally. And this is one of those days for all these guys. Crowds have been swarming around you all day. It's hot. Your feet are killing you. And the best thing that you've seen all day is that boat on the shore. Because, you know, we can get in that boat and we can just get out into the water and just let our cares melt away a little bit. You know, we're just going to sit. But then Jesus asks you to do something hard. He wants a sacrifice from you. It's not enough just to go out a little ways from the shore. Maybe we can just get out and just sit in, in the waves a little bit. But Jesus says, hey, guys, Let's go to the other side. So, we're going to row 13 miles now. So, you, as tired as you are, you grab the oars and you start pulling at the water with all the energy that you've got left. And for for several miles, you just keep rowing and rowing. And then Jesus finds a cushion in the back of the boat and lays down and goes to sleep. But you just keep rowing, and you've lost all sight of land. You know, you can't even see the shore anymore, but and you know this lake pretty well. You know which direction you're going, where, where your destination is. You're still miles away, hundreds of, hundreds of feet. I mean, there's miles all around you with, with no land and nothing beneath you but hundreds of feet of water. And in this unique place with mountains surrounding the lake, you, your stomach drops. When you look and just over, the, just over the tops of the hills, you see a nasty, nasty storm headed your way. And then all of a sudden it starts to rain. And you know the funny thing about this, that storm that day? It came out of nowhere. It came out of total, absolute nowhere. And isn't that funny? Isn't that the way that life is sometimes? You think about the trouble, the storms that you and I go through. They take us by surprise. One minute, everything's fine. And then suddenly it starts to rain. And sometimes that storm is a phone call. And and it's somebody saying, hey, it's your dad. We've just taken him to the hospital and he's unresponsive. We need you to come down. Or maybe that storm is your teenage daughter coming home and telling you, hey, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think I'm pregnant. Or maybe it's when the school calls and says, hey, we we need you to come in and have a meeting. We need to talk about your child. It could be the boss calling you in. You know, you go to work every day, in and out. You're consistent, but one day he says, hey, I need you to come into my office, and, and we appreciate all that you've done for this company, but we got to make some cuts somewhere. Or maybe it's when you go to the, uh, the OB appointment, and you've been looking so forward to, to a new baby and new life and growing your family, and the doctor looks at you and says, we can't find a heartbeat. Or maybe it's when your spouse sits you down and says, I, I just don't love you anymore. Storms, they just come out of nowhere. One minute, everything's fine. The next minute, life seems like it's falling apart. And and what we know from this story, is this was a fierce storm. These guys are terrified. And the most difficult part of the story, I think, is that Jesus is asleep? So these guys are going through this and they feel alone. How could Jesus be sleeping at a time like this? Where where is he at? Why is he not? Why does he not care? Do you ever feel like God is a million miles away? You're going through turbulent times and God seems to be nowhere to be found. Doesn't it seem unfair? I think the disciples were astonished. I think they were panicked. And in desperation, probably a good amount of frustration, they yell after Jesus. And they say, don't you even care? Don't you even care that we're in this situation? We're about to drown. I know I know that you've felt that before. You've cried out to God and said, God, do you even see me? Do you even see what we're going through? And then Jesus does the craziest thing. It says that he woke up and it says that he rebuked the winds and the waves. He stood up and said, silence, be still. And it was. The scripture says that suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And it says in verse 40, then Jesus asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples, it said, were absolutely terrified. They asked, who is this man? Even the winds and waves obey him. You know, the miracle here is not that the storm stopped, because all storms stop eventually. They run out of gas at some point. The miracle was how it stopped, that it stopped immediately. Jesus stood up and at his word, it didn't just gradually die out, it stopped. You remember when we read the first part of that account, it said that there were other boats there too, which is something that I we don't think about it very often but there were other people affected by this storm it wasn't just jesus and the disciples there were other people out there and just like it's just that way in life one person's trauma has a way of spilling over and affecting many and there there is this misconception that because god allows storms that he must be uncaring or he must be unconcerned you know, maybe maybe he's just trying to get us to be tough or something. What what's the point of all that? Jesus is asleep on the boat. Don't you even care that we're in trouble here? You know, what are you, what are you doing? And, and and we we blame ourselves or we blame someone else. Maybe we blame God for the trouble that we go through. But the truth is, storms sometimes happen because because the world is full of storms because it's broken. Because the world's messed, it's a messed up place. Now I'll tell you two things that I know is true about, about these times in our lives. Number one is I know this is true, and even though it's hard, it's true Is that God has a purpose for you in the storm. Nothing's wasted. Nothing in life with, with God, nothing is wasted, even the hard things. Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the, the lake. Uh, that's why they got into the boat in the first place. He said, let's go over there. Why is he taking them over there? Why do we have to walk through this? You know, and it turns out in the next chapter, you see there's a guy on the other side of the lake that was possessed by an evil spirit, a demon that was just destroying his life. And I believe Jesus said, we're going to go over there because there's somebody over there that I need to meet with. There's somebody over there whose life, I need to to have an impact in his life. I'm going to change him and and speak healing into his life. And, And Jesus being God in the flesh, he knew what they were getting ready to go into. He knew there was a storm that was brewing. He knew that he was taking the disciples on this boat into a storm. So from that line of logic, we could say that they were not that they were not in the storm because they were out of god's will but they were actually in the storm because they were in god's will that that's where he wanted them to be that's where he wanted them to go did god cause this storm or did god and his sovereignty allow this storm i have no idea i can't tell you the answer to that i, I do not know why the storm was there if he caused it or if he allowed it. I have no idea, but I can tell you that he always uses the storm to do a work inside of us. Nothing's wasted. That's why Philippians 4 says, Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he has done. And then you will experience God's peace. Which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And the second thing that I know about troubles, I know is true, is that God is with us in the storm. He's present. We don't go alone. Where was Jesus in this moment? He was in the boat. He was, he was right there, the power of God in, in flesh. Jesus has all the divinity of God. He's right there with them. He seemed inattentive, but reality is he was in total control. He had, he had this in the palm of his hand. You can never forget that. We can never forget that no matter how big the problems are, that you have a God who is infinitely bigger no matter what you're walking through today, God sees you and he's with you. I came across a scripture this week. just one of those, I love when I'm reading and, and I come across something that I'm like, I don't know that I've ever read that before. And if I had, I'd forgotten all about it. But the book of Nahum, chapter 1, verse 3, just this random little verse that's just tucked away. that says that the Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And the Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. And I, I love that image. And all these, these huge storms that are brewing and the things that would scare us. They're just, the, they're just the dust of God walking around. Like this is nothing to me. I'm in total control of all this. God is in the storm. And he's in it with us. And there, there's something else though. There's something that can cause so much so much pain and so much guilt for many of us. And that is when we when we think about fear and worry and what it does to us. What anxiety does to us. Because God has told us not to do that, but we keep struggling. God says, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, but I, I can't help it. So in this story, the disciples are freaking out, and rightly so. Uh, I, I'm sure I would have been a you know, panicking I don't, I don't like being in a situation where I don't have control. Like I just, that's why I'm just not a big flyer. I mean, I will fly. I will get on a plane, but it makes me nervous because I think I'm putting my life in the hands of somebody else at this moment. And, and that's just, that's just really, whew, man, that's just, that's hard for me. You know, where, where do you go when you're afraid? What do you do, when you know, you feel like your life is in someone else's hands, and I'm I'm nervous about this. I don't feel good about it. Where do you run in those moments? I heard a story about a this week about a little kid that he was in in bed at night. He's in his bedroom, and it was you know in the middle of the night a storm came. It's a th- you know thunder and lightning and all that. So like any little kid, he wakes up and he's scared to death and. You know, what do I do? You think you're a little kid. What do you do when it's storming and you're scared? So he gets up and he runs into his mom and dad's bedroom and he wakes his mom up and he says, mom, mommy, mommy, would you come, would you come in my room? Would you come sleep with me? And the, and the mother said, no, honey, no, I'm, I'm sleeping with daddy tonight. You need to go back to bed. And so he, with a quiver in his lip, wiping away a tear, he just said, That big sissy. (laughs) Where do you you go when you're afraid? Billy Graham once said that heaven is full of answers to which nobody bothered to ask. Think about that. Heaven is full of answers to which nobody bothered to ask. What he was saying is that there there are certain things that you're not going to get until you ask for them. Jesus gets up, he tells the storm to stop, and it does. And then he looks at the disciples and he, and he asks them, he says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Why are you afraid? You know, he, Jesus has a way of asking these questions that just gets right, right into the heart. He looks at, I think he looks at you and I all the time too. Why are you afraid? Why do you not trust? Where, where is your faith? Why are you not having faith? Is it wrong for us to feel afraid sometimes? Is that a sin? I don't think so. I don't believe it is. I do not believe that it's sinful for us to feel fear. And it's interesting, the word that Jesus used there, that when he says, why are, you, why are you afraid? The word afraid in the Greek language is the word dilos. Why are you dilos? And that word is only used in one other place in the Bible. And it's in Revelation chapter 21 where it talks about cowardly unbelievers. Why are you di-los? Why are you, Why are you unbelieving? Why are you not trusting? Why are you not... Having faith in what I've already told you. And I, I want to make this distinction because I think it causes a great deal of guilt for a lot of us. When we feel afraid, I, I have conversations regularly with people who say, you know, pray for me. Pray that I, I would, you know, grow in my faith Pray that I, you know, I know that I'm letting God down right now because, you know, I'm facing this big thing and I'm afraid and I know that I'm not supposed to be afraid, but I can't help feeling afraid. So pray for me. And, and, and what I want to say to him is it's the sin is not that you feel afraid. That's not a, that's not a sin to to, it's normal you know, you're facing a threat. That's not the, the, the sin. What God has told us not to do is to worry about things that haven't even happened. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Worry, anxiety is, is when we say, well, what if this happens? What if? What, what if? What if one of, something happens to one of my kids? I'm so worried to death. I just it's, it's affecting the normal rhythm of my life because I spend so much time worrying about what might possibly could happen at some point. God says, don't do that. Don't worry about the future. I'm already there. Don't worry. Don't fret. When you feel fear, we take it to the Lord. When we're we're, we're facing real problems, real issues, then we go to God with those. But the worries, we got to let that go. That's what he says. This is not, this is keeping you from the best life. This is keeping you from the life that I have planned for you is when you don't trust that I'm good. Why are you, Dilos? Why are you cowardly unbelieving that I'm good? Why are you cowardly unbelieving that I don't have a plan for you and that, that I'm, I'm going to be with you in this life? But we, we feel so guilty. You know, that's, that's the question Jesus was asking them, is, why aren't you trusting me? Why haven't you fully placed your faith in me? You know you think about the disciples what they, where they were coming from. They had just left a place where Jesus performed miracle after miracle after miracle. They had seen him raise the dead, give sight to the blind, heal the lame. You remember last week we talked about the guy being lowered from the the roof? This is on the heels of that. Where the the paralyzed man is, is dropped down in front of him and Jesus says, stand up. And he does. They had just witnessed that. And now they're in this storm. Jesus has taken them on the lake and it says that they were Terrified, they had completely lost trust in who Jesus was and what Jesus could do. That's the question that each of us need to wrestle with. What are we we trusting in? What have we placed our faith in? Is our faith in our government? Is our faith I thank God? Is our, is our faith in our employment? Is our, is our faith in our ability to, to grab our life and, and, and we're in control and we're doing the things? You know, what do we do when, when storms come? Where do we place our trust? When I was growing up in church for years, this is, you know, we go back several decades. We used to have a church choir. Remember those? <laughs> And they wore robes, if you can imagine. It's crazy. But uh, sometimes they they have a little, they get a little gospel feel to them. They'd sing kind of some fun songs. And I remember there's just one song that really stands out in my mind that they would sing. They kind of had this sway to them. They were kind of snapping their fingers. This is a good song. But it's called, I Go to the Rock. And and here's the words. It just says, where do I go? When the storms of life are threatening. Who do I turn to when these winds of sorrows blow? And is there a refuge in the time of tribulation? And the chorus says, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I go to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. When the earth all around me is sinking sand, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. When I need a shelter and when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Where do you go? Where do you go? Where do you go when, when storms are brewing? You know, I think, about, I think about all the wasted energy that I've spent and so many of us have spent where we're worrying about things that are never going to happen to us. Like remote possibility. I, th- I think about all that energy and all the, the brain space, you know, that we give so much of our time and emotional energy. It's like if we've only got so much and we, we spend so much of it, panicked, anxious about things that probably will never happen, but even if they do, we have no control over it. But we worry as though we do, as if it all depends on us. What would, what would our life be like if we could transfer all of that, all of that emotional energy, all of that all that space in our, in our minds, all the energy and the creativity and the time that we spend towards worry and, and anxiety, and if we focus that on our relationship with God, what would our lives be like if we just shifted it and focused on what my life looks like walking with God? If we do that, watch. Scripture says, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Then you will experience God's peace. You want God's peace. That's what Philippians says. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand. His peace, God's peace, will guard your hearts and will guard your minds as you live in Christ Jesus oh, I want that kind of life. I pray that we might experience it. You pray for us. Lord, I know that all of us will experience turbulent moments. I know that we will go through pain and problems that we don't want to go through. I'm I'm thankful to know that in the middle of those painful moments, that you still have purpose for us, that you're not going to, that you're not going to let anything be wasted. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here that are in the middle of a storm right now. Help us to keep our focus on you, and whatever work that you're doing in us, we pray that us to be faithful to continue to walk with you Lord for the rest of us that aren't going through that I know we're probably headed there at some point help us to keep in step with you so when when those storms come that our faith might not falter we ask all this in the powerful name of Jesus who calms the storms in our lives we pray it all in his name God bless you guys. Thanks for being here today. We'll see you next week.